Welcome back to Apologetics for Tweens. I'm Tom Griffin. In this episode, let's address perhaps the most common objection to God by non-believers and difficult one to understand for believers as well. Why does God allow evil and suffering? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for all your blessings. I pray that all those who need to hear this message will find the truth, believe in you, and maintain that belief for life. Amen. Non-believers know that evil and suffering is one of the most difficult issues for Christians to explain. But I might ask them back, why is there any good in the world, and where does that come from if not from God? There are some explanations for the so-called problem of evil and suffering. So let's unpack this. First, what is evil? Is it an actual thing? I've seen evil described best as the lack of good. Evil is not an actual thing, although some things are evil or contain evil, such as Satan, his demons, and anyone who does horrible things willfully. The next question is, did God create evil? Years ago, one of my students came to me at the end of the entire school year and asked me that question. She had been rather shy and pretty much silent the entire year, but I realized with this question that she was at least thinking about our lessons, and I was glad she had the courage to bring this to me before she moved on. God did not create evil because it's a lack of something. When no good exists, what is left is evil. But that does not answer the full question of where evil comes from. Actually, most of the evil in the world comes from us. Our bad, free-choice decisions cause much of the harm and evil and suffering in the world. The reason for that is sin. Everyone sins, and all we can do is our best to prevent it and limit it and sin less and try to avoid the most horrible sins but we can never overcome it. That's why we need Jesus. He overcame it for us, and we need only believe in him to have our sins washed away forever, and then we will be with him forever after that. So one way to look at this is if God were to destroy evil in the world now, he'd have to begin with us. That was not his choice for the best solution, however. Instead, he added a human form by the name of Jesus who took the sin of the world on his shoulders so that we could be made holy through Jesus. That's just amazing. Think about it, and when you realize how much you sin and need Jesus, pray and seek him, and you will find him. The second source of evil is Satan and his demons. Their mission is to lead people away from Jesus, and they do it through lies, deception, temptation, and by preying on our weaknesses. Also, there is such a thing as natural evil, such as the destructive forces of nature through tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes, and other disasters. They kill thousands of people every year. Now, as far as suffering goes, some suffering can be good for us. We'll encounter various types during our lives, and no one can avoid it. There are different types of suffering from smaller pains and grief to horrible inflictions and emotional suffering from the loss of loved ones. God knows all about these things, 
perhaps no one ever suffered more than Jesus did through his trials and then on the cross. God does have a plan for evil and suffering, and when Jesus returns, he will destroy all evil and suffering. There is hope. But let's take a look at the problem of evil and suffering now from two perspectives, an intellectual one and an emotional one, and then discuss more about it. First, the intellectual problem of evil. In other words, does it even make sense that an all-loving God could allow such horrible things to happen in the world? This idea was formed into an argument against God through the following proposed dilemma. Is God not all-powerful and cannot stop evil? Or is God not all-loving and doesn't care? Whenever we're faced with a potential dilemma, this is where there are only supposedly two alternatives, we have to look and see if there might be another solution called going between the horns of the dilemma. Indeed, there are some solutions between the horns. Now, this argument has mostly disappeared in recent years, that is, the intellectual argument, as Christians have a very strong answer for this, and that's simply that God has reasons to allow it. He could overcome it, and he will one day, and he does love us, and he has the power to get rid of evil, and he's already shown how much he loves us through Jesus' sacrifice. But the time is just not yet ripe for his return, at which time he will conquer all evil and suffering. Until then, we have to be patient. But until then, God has done great work to turn evil and suffering into good results as well. God uses these negative situations to create something good for those who love him. We know this particularly through the powerful story of Joseph. His brothers sold him into slavery, but he still eventually rose to power and saved much of the known world and his family. Joseph told his brothers at the end of that story that what they planned for evil, God planned for good. God used the incredibly difficult circumstances during Joseph's life and turned them into a much more important and amazing event for many more people than just Joseph. He saved thousands and thousands from starvation through his wise decisions to store up grain during a time of plenty that will enable them to endure during an awful famine. Do we have any current examples of how God turns evil into something for the good? Sure, we do. Let's just look at these that everyone understands. If there was no such thing as fear, and God removed that from the earth, there would be no such thing as courage. Courage is a good thing, and it's defined by acting with bravery in spite of the existence of fear. No one would have courage or know what that even was if there was no such thing as fear. What if there was no suffering? Well, then there would be no such thing as compassion or empathy, you know, putting yourself in someone else's shoes to understand their situation, or the desire to care for others who suffer. And that's an amazing blessing for all that are involved. Even if suffering was diminished somewhat, let's say, a small amount still helps us learn through pain 
and sometimes helps us avoid emotional devastation when something more serious may occur. So it kind of prepares us. If there were no difficult circumstances and situations that we would encounter in life, most likely would never, we would never seek God. It is usually in our roughest spots and times that we desperately seek God. When things are going great, we tend to think less about God and take the credit for our successes ourselves. If there was no such thing as evil, how would we recognize what good is? It's only by, by seeing good that we can recognize there's such a thing as bad or evil. As far as natural evil, if there were no earthquakes or hurricanes, for example, it would create immense pressure on the tectonic plates beneath uh, the surface of the earth and perhaps result in one massive explosion that we may not survive. Even hurricanes and tornadoes yield benefits in terms of nitrogen fixing in the soil and cycling nutrients to the surface from beneath the oceans. I'm not saying natural evil is wonderful. I'm saying that God knows that some of it is at least required at some level to sustain civilization and he makes good come from the bad. Perhaps you can think of some other examples. Certainly small amounts of suffering, at least, can be good for us. Suffering builds character. Paul said it best in Romans 5, verses 3 and 4. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. Now finally, the emotional problem of evil and suffering. And that has to do with the actual experience itself as we encounter it or as we see it as others encounter it. It could be something that happens to us or to a loved one or others or just grief in general from the recognition of such evil and suffering in the world and the helpless feeling that we might have about it. For the emotional problem of evil and suffering, this may require pastoral support or counseling um, and the support of family and friends. A brilliant argument about how God brings good out of bad is not the time to discuss it when someone is in a period of severe grief. We just need to be with them, soothe them with our love and care, get them Christian support, perhaps through a pastor or a counselor if it's serious, and wait for time to heal their wounds. Perhaps at some point later on, a reasoned discussion can take place as we just documented. I do want to add one thing. God does discipline us and may break us down when necessary, if that's what's best for us, and it may bring us back on a path to seek God. That's what happened with me. And look what he did with the Israelites through the Babylonians and Assyrians when they went into captivity. He used those non-believing people to accomplish the discipline that was necessary to bring the Israelite remnants back to God. Friends, everyone is going to experience evil and suffering in their lives. 
but don't blame God for it. Instead, seek him for his help to get through it. Paul said we should be content in all our circumstances. Battling times of suffering and difficulties can be a challenge to be content with that and actually thankful for our blessings, but we can try. Thanks for listening. Take care. Thank you.